This is Growing Your Successful Business, the podcast for you, the entrepreneur, to learn valuable lessons from the experiences of fellow business owners sharing the secrets of their success and the critical lessons they have learned along the way, as well as experts giving their advice on how to navigate the pitfalls in their industry to help you better run your business. Here's your host, Brian Harding. Hey now, and good day. This is Brian Harding with Growing Your Successful Business, the podcast all about uh, small and medium-sized businesses. Uh, today, we're joined by Brandon Christian with College Hunks Hauling and Junk Removal, or Junk Removal and Moving. Um, Brandon, we're going to get into this a little bit here. Welcome. Thanks for coming in. Thank you very much. Uh, for those of you listening, I'll tell you a little bit about Brandon. He was born and raised locally in Puyallup, Washington. He's been married to Autumn Christian, who we met while they both worked at Red Robin. Uh, for over 16 years, they've been married. They have three boys uh, that are always uh, keeping them busy in sports, Gavin, Jagger, and Trace, uh, 16, 13, and 12. When he's not working, he loves watching his boys' sporting events and hang out with the family and friends. Uh, he worked at Rent-to-Own Furniture, which used to be Aaron's, is that right? Yeah, it's a- Aaron's. Aaron's yep. was switched to Rent-to-Own Furniture for 19 years, and he loves to flip houses. Uh, Brandon bought into his college hunks uh, business with his brother-in-law, brother and sister-in-law. And they opened their business on May 17, 2018, so about 18 months in. Uh, for those of you listening who don't know what College Hunks is, um, college the name of it is College, H period, U period, N period, K period, S period, um, an acronym that we'll get into in just a second. It's College Hunks Hauling Junk and Moving has been around since 2005 and is based in Tampa, Florida. Brandon's business is a local franchise. It's located off of uh, uh, Canyon Road in Puyallup, Washington. Um, their service area ranges from Federal Way to JBLM, which is, what, uh, 22 miles yeah, or something like that? Yeah, give or take. And then University Place is South Prairie, which is probably another 20-ish miles. Um, when people hear the name, they often wonder who we are and what we do. Uh, although, call, although junk removal is moving, I'm sorry, although junk removal and moving are in our name, we're much more than that. College Hunks is the only full-service residential and commercial service company that offers moving, junk removal, donation pickups, and labor services in the United States and Canada. HUNKS is an acronym for Honest, Uniformed, Nice, Knowledgeable, and Service. And uh, you mentioned that you were drawn to the company's core values, which were always branding, building leaders, create fun and enthusiastic work environment, enlist and fulfill and delight our cust- our clients. You can reach Brandon at 253-370-6111 or brandon.christian at chhj.com. So you worked 19 years in retail at a rent-to-own furniture place, right? Yep. Or rent-to-own electronics and furniture. Yeah, like furniture. Kind of stuff. Yep. Um, and then, boom, you decided to start your own junk removal business. How, how in the world did you get from retail to, to running a junk removal business? I still don't know. <laughs> I really I really don't. You know, it was, uh, you know, it put a roof over my head for 19 years. Yep. It did really well for me, you know, uh, for the family. And, and, and you were in sales, I'm guessing? Yeah, sales, yeah. Yeah, yeah you yeah. picked that up a little yeah, bit. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I started off on the truck, so as a delivery guy, and then okay. kind of worked my way up uh, through the ranks. Uh, had uh, the opportunity to run my own store, and then actually branched up to regional manager, so I saw over seven stores. Wow. Yeah, so that was kind of the end of the journey. Uh, 19 years, it's changed a lot, just like in any business. Sure. You know, changes a lot. Um, but um, I had the opportunity, actually, to start flipping houses um, uh, just a couple summers ago uh, with my brother and sister-in-law, Ryan and Heather Evans. And when we were doing that, I realized, man, 
this is fun stuff. You know, even though I was still working a lot of hours in, in rent to own and was doing it on the, you know, weekend warriors and stuff like that, where I'm like, why can't I do this? Why can't we start pursuing opportunity for ourselves? Right. And, you know, we're in the grind doing demo and, uh, busting down the walls and, you know, doing the plumbing, the electrical, everything. Got it yeah. all the way down to the bare walls. And uh, a lot of our time was spent, though, transporting, you sure. know, going to the dump and yeah. uh, waste, you know, wasteful time, you know, really where I'd rather be, you know, swinging the hammer, right. you know, demoing something, which was actually a lot of fun. But uh, so that's kind of why that started the journey was to um, actually, I was trying to look for the services of 1-800-JUNK, which is a competitor mm-hmm. up here. Yeah. And, um, you know, I didn't necessarily use them because I was like, ah, you know, they're too expensive. I'm not going to get these guys to come out here and do it. I'm just going to do it, you know, do it myself. But, uh, when it was time, when we sold the house, we did really well. It was time. uh, It was a good time to sell, just not really necessarily a good time to buy into another house. Right. And, uh, you know, that's where we kind of joined forces, um, me and my wife and Autumn and uh, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law to let's look into franchises. Right. And yeah, that's kind of the, the start of the journey there. So you had a, a pile of money sitting there and you were wondering what to do with it. You knew you wanted to invest it somewhere. It wasn't a good time to buy a house. And so you said, hey, let's let's uh, let's buy a business. Is that let's, kinda, is yeah, that that's exactly it. Gotcha. Yeah. So the benefit of, of, of buying into a franchise is you kind of have the blueprint um, laid out for you in many ways, not always, but in many ways you kind of have the model laid out for you. They kind of, they kind of give you some step-by-step step instructions. Um, what, just briefly tell us what, what's the eight, last 18 months been like for you? That's been a journey. Uh, you know, it really has. <laughs> a journey. It's That's still true. on, it's still on that journey, you know, so it's, it's a roller coaster. you know, ups and downs and highs and lows. And uh, really it's uh, just trying to celebrate the small wins, right. you know, every day win, you know, and uh, we've had a lot of growth coming out of the gates, you know, and we opened in the middle of the, the summer. So the, the summer months kind of seasonal, like construction, uh, where we kind of got ran over a little bit, like, oh, shoot, where, you know, what are we doing? Right. <laughs> kind of thing. But then we, you know, start off with one truck and a hunk and got another truck pretty quick. And, yeah. you know, so now we're up to uh, 20 hunks and five trucks and nice. looking to, yeah, looking to add two more nice. uh, right now with the extended ter- territory. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Good deal. Yeah. And things are, are they kind of going according to plan or are you surprised? What, what's surprising you 18 months in that you just didn't see coming? Uh, 22 months ago or whenever you started on this journey? What 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 are the things that have just completely thrown you for a loop that you just didn't see coming? Well, you know, you kind of mentioned it a lot, but the, the, the franchise, you buy into a franchise and you get a playbook. So just like any kind of sports, you know, anything, there's rules and you get playbooks. It's how right. you execute, execute the playbook. Right. Uh, so we do have a good infrastructure with uh, the franchise, uh, which we call it Brown Central, you know, like the headquarters out of Tampa, where I could call on a coach at any point and say, hey, you know, what do you do here? What do you do there? But a lot of it's trial and error, right? You know, certain things like logistics of, you know, dumps that, you know, we're one of the highest in the nation. And I didn't realize that before we, uh, in dump fees that, Hey, let's open a junk removal business. And we're the highest in Pierce County, right? You know, $50 higher than New York city, you know? So it's those kind of things where you're learning how to process this, you know, uh, work the systems, work the process a little bit through throughout the way. Right. Mm-hmm. So looking back before you, you jump ship, so you're still at uh, the retail company mm-hmm. and you're a regional manager, you've got uh, seven stores. Yep. Um, what, I mean, you're, you're having success there. What, what drove you to want to do something on your own? Well, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, I was doing it for 19 years, you know, and it's uh, the fire wasn't there. Like I, I couldn't, I didn't have the motivation, you know, motivation, of course, to get paid and yeah. cash that check. But when it comes down to actually excelling, I kind of was at the top and besides to, to actually become an owner myself. Right. You know, so that kind of, I lost that um, fire in the And belly. there was no, no opportunity for you to do that. 
uh, there is, but again, the, the, the risk and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. N- not doing it. And then of course, then I opened my own business, you know, a couple months later, but it right. was one of those things that just didn't felt like the right connection, yeah. even though it was something I've been doing for so long. Right. It was it, time for a change. It, looking back, is there anything they, they could have done to, to change your, your thinking on that? Um, you know, I think a lot of it's me, uh, mindset of me, um, yeah. you know, and you, we were talking about mentors, you know, my mentor was going through some changes where, you know, he, uh, the, the corporation, it was a franchise and they were going to sell, sell back to, to corporate. So some changes were on the horizon, right. uh, within actually six months before I left. So I kind of just felt like that, that change starting to come. And I, I wanted to make the change before the change was brought. Yeah. Among the re- the reason I'm asking is, is, uh, is I think business owners and tend to believe that once a person hits a certain level, they're kind of safe. Um, and my point is that they're not. They're not ever safe. You, you, you know, you're a regional manager overlooking seven stores, and boom, you leave to go start your own business. They probably didn't see that coming. They probably thought you were one of their lifers or whatever, and um, and probably just didn't even worry about having to convince you that you had a bright future and things like that. Uh, yeah, you, you nailed it on the head. You know, that's exactly it. I, I, I never knew, I never thought I was safe. You know, I, I always had a fight for the win every single day. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really give them the opportunity. And, you know, afterwards they try to say, hey, you know, let's do this or let's do that. And after that decision was made, it was, you know, full force into the business, you know, into the business that we yeah. have now today. And especially if you're, you're in a sales arena, um, um, you've, you've got to uh, balance between telling folks you got to hit the number every month, every day, every sure. week. But there's also going to be some sort of, of safety or people are going to go find safety. Sure. And, and my point with that is for people you know, who are in sales-driven businesses, um, yeah, you got to push your folks and you want them to excel and things like that. But you really have to uh, um, let them know that they have a future as well. You sure. know, at, le- at least if they hit certain benchmarks, here's the path or something like that. Because otherwise you're going to take a top-performing person and just drive them out of your company. Burn them. Yeah. Yep. So uh, in 18 months, um, uh, things are going reasonably well so far, though, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. good, good, good. Um, so let's talk about some of the wins you've had. So you talk about daily wins that you're, you're trying to celebrate uh, when those things come up. And those could be small, right? Sometimes some days they're small, sometimes they're big. Um, what are some of, the, some of the bigger wins you've seen? Well, a lot of the big... A lot of the things are just having, um, you know, beat yesterday's goals. You know I mean? Right. Yesterday's numbers, trying to be the best today. Um, you know, one of the things that we did, and it was uh, something that at the beginning, it was to hit six figures, you know, in a month. And, you know, it, that took us, uh, you know, about eight months, but we did it, yeah. you know, did it. So that was our first one. And then we started just building, you know, building from there. Right. And it's not always necessarily about the revenue. It's, uh, you know, about the, the training and developing and one of our core values, building leaders, yeah. you know, taking somebody from an open entry position and then getting them to what we call a captain or a lead position. Yeah. Those are the wins, right. you know, to me. So, uh, um, like a six-figure six-figure revenue month, um, mm-hmm. is that a goal you you made up, or is that something that was kind of they handed you and said, "Hey, here's a major milestone you want to hit"? Well, no, there's certain uh, benchmarks, you know, KPIs and stuff that right. we got to do through, you know, throughout the year. But that was something that we wanted to push again because we we're very seasonal. We wanted to get it in before the you know the summer changed, right? And that's exactly what we did: is got it, you know, got it in August. Uh, but then it's something that we build from. So we learned a lot of things of you know what to do and what not to do, where we were spinning our wheels in certain areas. Um, so it was kind of just like a, a stepping stone for us. Right. Um, so then you, you found the local networking group that we both belong to, Ignite You. Yep. Uh, and you said that that was a game changer for you. How, how was that? Well, you know, um, really what it was, was I've never networked before. I never had to sales. Sales typically came to me. Um, matter of fact, um, when, I, when, I, when we joined Ignite You, 
I never had social media, never had a Facebook. So I held off all the way up to 40 plus some years old and not having a social media account. So I wouldn't know how to put, I didn't, I didn't have Facebook. I was priding myself on not, you know, connecting that way. I didn't want everybody to know what I was eating for dinner. Right. I wanted my privacy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, that kind of, that was a game changer for me a little bit. Just having to open my eyes a little bit. If, Hey, if I'm, you know, if I'm running a business, people want to know who you are. And that, that was a change. So that was the first thing. The second thing is, is more um, that Ignite You and the networking, it wasn't about necessarily going out and getting business, even though we got business by being there, just our presence and having the opportunity to be there. It was more the relationship building and then then the listening and then kind of just like this, learning from other folks of what their uh, daily struggles are, what their wins are and celebrate them. Yeah, I think one of the biggest uh, benefits for me from being, especially many years ago when we first, you know, again, I'm. I was not a, a, a networking person. My first exposure to networking was at a chamber of commerce meeting that at a chamber that I have only been to a few times. That was 15 years ago. And it just wasn't, a, it didn't, I didn't like it. It wasn't for me. Um, but what I got from joining different networking groups when we started our business was I got exposed to business owners who were a little further down the road than me. Mm-hmm. And just by listening, I could pick up little lessons that they had learned, little tidbits of information, yep. little pitfalls that they had either avoided barely or <laughs> or worked through. Yep. And I would come back to the office and I would tell my partners, I mean, I, hear, I, I heard so-and-so talk about this day. We need to look at this because this is something that we're not prepared for or we didn't know about or whatever. Um, I got a tremendous amount of benefit from that. Mm-hmm. And now, like you and I were talking before we started here, uh, now it's kind of come full circle where now people call me and say, hey, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And, and now I'm kind of passing along my knowledge. And for me, you know, the, getting the business is great. Getting the phone to ring is obviously important and we, we can't dismiss that. But for me, uh, just sharing that knowledge and, and gaining information from folks that there's no way I would have gained otherwise. That's sure. that for us. That was pretty critical. Very valuable. Um. And you, so you mentioned earlier on the uh, uh, the culture with the, the, the your company that you know the idea is you want to take somebody from an entry level position to uh, a captain or a lead or a supervisor or, or whatever. Um, you, you you also mentioned you have some kind of you know, you have like really low turnover. Is that like an industry number you're using for when you say that, or is it or is it just in general you have a low turnover? Yeah. So when when we first uh, started applying for the franchise, we went down to what was called a discovery day, and you know they were talking about all the the woes and the troubles that you're gonna you, that you're gonna have. Trying to they were trying to be as transparent as yeah. possible, and one of the things was high turnover, and right. that's when I just called you know. Yes, it's, I'm not going to have high turnover. It's a culture thing. It's, yeah. it's the leader. You know, they're going to follow the leader. So from day one, I've challenged that uh, in culture or the high turnover is it, because I never really had high turnover before in, in rent to own when I was at Aaron. So I'm like, I, I'm, I'm going to expect the same thing here. Um, and it's just all about, um, you know, how you hire and then how you treat, treat the people. Right. Really so is- so uh, let's dive in a little bit. So mm-hmm. it's, it's how you hire and how you treat people. So let's talk about the hiring. So what do you do? What do you think you're doing specifically in hiring that gives you a lower turnover than, than other people who are in your exact same business somewhere else? Good question. Uh, first thing is, is uh, I have a philosophy, birds of feather flock together. And we have heard, all have heard it, right? right? So I spend $0 on recruiting. So anytime that I'm having an interview with somebody, and it could be family, friends, you know, whatever the case may be, but they have to give me three people right then and there. That's the first test is right then and there. Give me three people of people that you know that might need a job or might be interested in working with college hunks right there in the interview. Like the first couple questions after I meet you, that's what they're going to do. And then we might even call them in the interview if they really have somebody, Hey, let's, you know, let's get this guy on. So 
Uh, it's all about. So this is this is in lieu of an, another interview question. This is something you're asking to do before they even start the interview. That's test. Yeah, that's test one. Gotcha. Yeah, if you can't even write down three people, you know that you failed the test. Right. Okay. So <laughs> so you'll disqualify them and not hire them. If I, they can't I've do had that. that. Yeah. Just okay. totally. You know, basically, it might, yeah, it might be all. It might not be a good. But my gut is like, if you can't go out and find me three people, how can I go, how, expect you to go out and promote? you know, the business or be able to communicate with people that way. Yeah. Um, so we, I get a lot of people just off those three, um, three people that they put down. Sure. And then the cool part is, is now there's accountability. So if, uh, let's just say Rafa refers somebody right there on the interview process, he's new. This new candidate is new. You know, they come in and do the interview. Now right. they're going to be working together, but then they're also learning together. Right. But then there's accountability that Rafa doesn't want to make sure that the person that he brought in, he, he wants to make sure he excels as well because it's kind of his name on it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then ironically, they have fun doing it because they're learning together. They're growing together. Right. And it makes it, you know, makes it a little bit easier. You know, there's the saying of, you know, if you're, you're having fun, you're cheating the boss. Yeah. Kind of the same thing. That's a, that's a brilliant idea. Where'd you yeah. learn that? I don't know. You just made it up, huh? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah, I, I really don't know. You know, it's hard when you, um, you know, when you work with family and friends and stuff like that and accountability, but I, I would, ha you know, it's, you got to separate, separate yourself a little bit. And I had no problem when I was in the restaurant business. Matter of fact, I hired my younger sister and, and I had trouble with tardiness. People were showing up late and she was, um, late the first time, whatever, after a shift. And, I had to write her up. And she's right. like, why are you writing me up? I'm your sister. I'm like, no, I told you. Yeah, you got to be good at time. Yeah. yeah, higher caliber. You know, so it, it kind of works both ways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the things I really want to ask you specifically about your business is when people come to apply for a job with you, I can't imagine they're thinking this is a career. This is, this is a job, right? So how do, you, how do you mentor somebody in that capacity who, you know, you're, you, twice now you've mentioned building leaders is big, a big deal to you, Absolutely. right? How do you how do you do that with somebody who's probably not, at least in their mind, prepared for that? That's my best. Thought. I want that candidate. I want that exact candidate that might have had somebody that didn't overlook them or didn't listen to their thoughts or did not get them involved. Somebody that's been in construction that all they were was the grunt guy. Right. And, you know, and I'm like, no, I'm going to build you into something bigger. I'm, so I'm going to sell them on the dream. So I, I lay it down exactly the path that you could be on. And it's mainly up to you. You know, right. it's up to the candidate of how far they're going to go. But you're an investment to me, and I tell this to the candidate in the interview 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 process. You're an investor. You, you're an investment to me, and I want a return on my investment. Right. But I also want you to get a return on your time that you're here. So if you're here a month, you're here for a year. If you're here for ten years, I'm going to expect the most out of you. Right. Well, that's fantastic. So kind of plant that seed. It's just yeah. like farming. You know, you plant the seed now. You can't just expect them to be know everything tomorrow. You got to right. watch that. You know, water go out and rake yeah, it, yeah, pull yeah. the weeds. So so. Uh, Pre-hire, you giving us a, a that's a great idea. Uh, Post-hire, what what do you think? You know, you talked about culture and things like that. What do you think are uh, give us a couple of things specifically that you're doing that you think promote good culture besides the three things when you know the three names when you hire, and then you know cultivating them as leaders. Are there are there other things that you can think of that you're doing specifically that that create a good culture? Well, it's just like anybody who wants to you know be promoted or who wants to excel in a in a in a career or a company. They want to know where they stand. And what happens is a lot of times is that employees have to pull teeth and say, hey, I want to raise. You know, I, right. want to, I want to do this. You should never have to ask me for a raise. You should know exactly where you're at because we're going to have conversations every single day of where you're at. And it might not be the same conversations of why you're not getting the raise. But have you done, you know, have you done these certain checkpoints? Are you at this caliber? Have you done this? And so kind of putting it back on them. You, you, you're in the driver's seat of how much you want to make here. 
Right. You know, so it, it's getting them involved and getting their buy-in. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think I think one of the things that uh, many companies struggle with is this kind of tug of war that happens between the employer and the employee of whose job it is to to take the the reins. You know, and and, and I think we have we owe it to the employees to kind of give them a blueprint and say, here, when you hit this benchmark and you hit these metrics and you hit this level of knowledge or expertise or skill or efficiency or whatever it is for your company, you're going to get this. And now they have a target to shoot for. And I think many employers sit back and say, well, when they show us that they're worthy of investment, then we'll give them a raise and we'll and we'll give them all that stuff. Hmm. Uh, and it, it, it does seem kind of backwards. Counterproductive. Yeah. Yep. And, and it's just this nonstop, like I said, it's, it feels to me like a, like a tug of war of finger pointing. <laughs> yeah. So now you got to turn and burn. You gotta, right. Now you got to hire the next person to go through, you know, the next couple months and then they are, then, then, then they leave and do something else. Right. Right. No, that, that's a good point. So zero dollars in recruiting. That's fantastic. Um, one of the things you mentioned in the notes you sent me was that, uh, you guys do a lot of training and role playing and, uh, uh, role playing is something that, that, uh, um, we do for in a certain extent in our business. Back when I worked at brand X a long time ago, we did we did an hour of role playing every morning for plumbers, yeah. <laughs> which is, which is you know unheard of for for most companies. Um, but I really I really began to see you know what the what the benefit was, and it does change behavior. It does it does you know when you give somebody the tools to do something well, they'll use them right. So talk to us about what role playing does for you, how you do it. I mean, is it is it public stuff? Is it private stuff? I mean, just take take us through the whole thing. What just for somebody who doesn't know what role playing is, we're talking about take us through the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it starts at the interview process. You know, I love doing group interviews because right. then you can kind of get people see how they interact. Yeah. And that's the same way that I do my training as well. And we we have daily huddles, so mm-hmm. anywhere from fifteen to forty five minutes every day. We're in a daily huddle. We're talking about you know previous numbers, month goal numbers, what we're going to do today, uh, what we did well yesterday, any kind of curveballs, how we should interact. Uh, we have what's called a binder presentation. So it sells the value to the client of um, other services that we offer. And if you're a, a new hunk or a hunk that's been with me for a year, uh, depending where you're at in your comfort zone, every day we're getting up and doing a presentation on how to sell the binder presentation as a group. And then right. you get one. Uh, so then we go around the group. So, uh, you know, one hunk is selling to, you know, a pretend client. And then we go around the room and then each uh, individual that's in the room says one, you know, one thing that they do good at one opportunity. So now you have the peers uh, listening and you can't necessarily say, Oh, ditto the previous guy. You got to give constructive criticism right? and buy them back. So that's just one of the ways is the binder presentation. So, so they, they, in a group format with uh, 10, 12, 15 yeah. people, whatever, whatever it around, is for the day, they will, they will sell you the binder presentation or they'll sell it to a peer. How yeah. Do- they'll sell it to a peer. Okay. Yeah. I try to, I try to pull away a little bit and I don't want to necessarily, cause I don't want to make the, you know, if it's a new hunk uncomfortable and right. you know, that's the thing is they're always uh, like, Hey, you know, it's different when I'm in front of the client, I could always do it. Yeah. Well, it is no. different. Yeah, it is different. But yeah. if you can't do it in front of us, which is we're family, we're brotherhood, yeah. we, we, we can't give you that constructive criticism. About. Yeah. And I always tell folks when they, when they, and it is infinitely harder to do it in front of people you work with because they, they know what, they know the flaws to look for. Sure. Um, but I always tell folks in those situations, if you can do it here in these circumstances, you're going to nail it out there. You can do it anywhere. Yeah. hundred percent. So, so are they, they're doing it one at a time with each other when everybody stops and watches it or are they doing it 
like you'll pair them off and they'll I'll pair them off. Okay. Yeah, depending on what time, you know, time per minute. And sometimes we do it all in a group and hey, we're going to go all the way around. Okay. You know, or we do it in groups of two, you know, in, in, in training, we do it that way as well. Gotcha. Yeah. So training, we could do training all day long. Yeah. Uh, again, it's return on my investment. So right. we, we do things to where uh, we'll do weekly hour, hour, two, two hour, hour, uh, excuse me, one hour, two hour classes where we're wrapping furniture. And yeah. who's the best rapper? Okay, see how quick you can do it. Right. You know, and then now train that next person. So it's really the peers are training the peers. Sure. And, you know, start from the top and go down or vice versa, go the other way and yeah. see the reaction. Yeah. So uh, for people listening who have specific things in your business that you're not, that are, that you want to improve, whether it could be do, you're doing really well and you just want to improve it that much more or things you're struggling with, it doesn't matter. Um, if they're, if they have to do with any kind of verbal communication, role playing is absolutely a way, a way to, uh, to get it dialed in because you'll quickly see as the person facilitating the role playing where they stumble, where they don't know what to say. And you can give them that information. They can practice it, rehearse it, whatever. And it is, it is an intense environment to do it. Uh, but be, mostly people are going to be supportive and things like that. Nobody, nobody's looking to make fun of anybody, generally speaking. No. Um, but there is that level. They, they, they will have to work on it. You know, and we, one of the things we struggle with as employers is getting people to, to invest time and energy into improving on things. If they know they have to come and do it in front of five of their peers tomorrow, they're going to work on it. They're going to study. <laughs> they're not. Yeah, they're yeah, going to study. They're going to get on playing video games yeah. or whatever. They could, they're going to study. They're, they're not going to walk into that completely unprepared and, and, and uh, risk being embarrassed. And again, not that anybody's ever, I've never seen anybody poke fun at somebody or, or humiliate them or something like that because they know that they're the next ones up, by the they're, way. They're on the, yeah, they're, <laughs> then, it, then it wasn't right her. Then right. I would know right away if somebody, because yeah. that would just be one conversation yeah. and, and then after and that. I, my, my point is I've never in no. 20 years, I've never seen that happen. So for folks mm-hmm. listening who go, well, I wouldn't want anybody to get embarrassed. No. I've never seen it like that. I've only seen people support each other. And when somebody, when they, when the group can see from the outside where the person stumbles and the person will always say up front, oh, I know how to do this. Don't mm-hmm. worry. I know how to do it. And then you get they get the point in the conversation where they stumble. The group sees it, and there'll there'll be twenty suggestions on how to get through it. How to overcome it. Here's how yep. I do it. Here's what I've seen. I also do it here. I mean, it, it's 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 fantastic for the whole group. You know that gave me goosebumps literally <laughs> just sitting here. Yeah, um, no, that's all that's all fantastic, and it's working because you guys are getting thirty seven to thirty nine percent of your revenue off a of repeat and referral business, which is that's fantastic. Um, so. In 18 months, though, it, it can't be all sunshine and roses. Uh, tell us some of the things that you're struggling with. Well, I mean, I think in any kind of, you know, uh, new business or when you say, hey, I want to go out and own my business, you, you, you definitely can't think that you're signing up for 35 to 40 hours a week and <laughs> not weekends the off. No. Yeah, not, not the case. So, you know, of course, it's the time, time um, management, time balance between the, you know, the workplace and, and home and Try not to take uh, work home and home to work, you right? Because uh, I again, my wife, she's a support at the the office, and the in laws are support at the office. My own son works at, you know, Gavin works at the office, so it's finding that balance uh, where okay, we got to turn off work a little bit, um, and you know, let's come together as a family. Yeah, it's funny, um, and n- a number of people uh, that I talk to talk about uh, struggling with work work life balance, and I always ask them, well, how long have you been in business? And it's always around three years, two years, mm-hmm. in your case, 18 months. And I always just laugh because this, listen, this is what the deal is. Um, and it's, it's a pain in the ass and it sucks. Um, but what I always suggest to folks is when we talk about work-life balance, uh, I think the mistake that people make is they're looking at their work-life balance today. Sure. And that's not, that's, that's not a good representation. It, let's look at it over the course of 10 years mm-hmm. or 15 years or 20 years. 
And the longer you look out, the better work-life balance you're going to have. Now, I understand your kids are all teenagers right now, and by the time this comes around, they're going to be all out of the house, and that, and that window of time is gone. Yep. Um, there's no question that that is a sacrifice you're going to make. You're hope, all you can do is hope that on the back end, 15 years from now, when you're working 12 hours a week or once one day a month or whatever it is that you you know, hopefully are, are aspiring to for you, that you can reinvest that time then, you know, and you can spend time with your grandkids. Maybe you can spend time with your, your kids and, and adult activities instead of teenage activities and things like that. Um, but there's no such animal as I'm going to be a business owner and I'm going to, I'm going to figure out a way to do it in 30 hours so I can still go coach my kids t-ball thing every, every, every day at nope. three o'clock. Um, that's just not reasonable. If that's what you want, then running a business is just not for you. It's not it. Yeah, exactly. Before we get too far off that, what, what's it like working with your, your family? So you work with your wife and your sister and your brother-in-law? Yeah. So brother-in-law and sister-in-law. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so I was, you know, I was kind of the crazy one to have this crazy idea that I want to, they thought all thought I was having a midlife crisis. Wait, wait a <laughs> second. You want to leave, you know, the career that you've been at for 20 years, 19 yeah. years. Uh, you want to start a business that has college and hunks in its name. Yeah. And then you want to get on a truck for a movie. And I mean, there was nights where my wife literally uh, has to push me out of bed because yeah. I'm so sore. Yeah. You know, I didn't use these muscles before. Right. You know, pushing paper and, you know, uh, yeah. working with crews. But uh, th so that was a little humbling experience. Um, you know, finding that balance. So it, we do have a playbook, you know, we have the franchise support, but really it's, you know, crossing the T's and dotting the I's and everything behind the scenes, payroll and all these making sure bills are paid on time. We're still learning as a group together right. how to do it and how to m find that balance. And every day we're learning a different way of how to do it um, to make it a little bit easier, right. you know, and coming on, uh, you know, so ultimately our goal is to have all four of us on. Right. Uh, but we got to make sure we, you know, ramp up. So, so right now you're the only one actively running the business in, is that right? Yeah. So I'm, okay. no, no, no. Uh, let me take that back. I'm not, um, I'm there, you know, full time. Um, then, uh, my wife, Autumn, she's there about 20 hours a week. Okay. And then, um, my brother-in-law, Ryan, he, um, does a lot of our data entry. He tracks a lot of yeah, things yeah, for okay. us. Uh, that way, you know, when he could still, you know, when he's at work or at home and then my sister-in-law, she does a lot of the marketing. So we each still kind of have a little bit of a, gotcha. uh, our hands in. she does P and L's too. And we we have our hands in it. It's just, uh, sometimes it's hard because life happens, you know, of all getting together at once, right. you know, that, that, again, that balance, that family thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, right now the goal would be to have us all come on. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Um, so you, you mentioned, uh, being out on the truck <laughs> And so was it like day one, like you were the guy, I mean, like you were the guy out me moving and one stuff, guy. me and yeah. you and one guy. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly it. So, you know, it was kind of funny. First story is so that we finally turned the, turn the lights on. We have our place, you know, and we're on a high traffic area and we opened May 7th and uh, we have nobody on the books. Right. Nobody on the books. I didn't even have the lights on, you yeah. know, then I didn't really have everything set up. I'm just like, yeah, May 7th, here we go. And we're sitting there and me and the guy are looking at each other, literally in the back office, maybe in the lights off, it was hot. And we hear, hello, <laughs> hello. And it's it, it, her name, Miss Gibson. To this day, I have her yeah. dollar still up there yeah. on the, you know, celebrate Miss awesome. Gibson. Yeah, but uh, it was kind of funny because she walked in and she's like, hey, I, you know, I go to Costco. I just saw, you know, your trucks here. Do you guys do junk removal? And I'm like, absolutely. And she's like, well, what's your availability? And I didn't want to say like, well, you're the yeah, first yeah, client. You're our first customer. Yeah, <laughs> you're our first client. I'm like, you know what? My guys are out in the area. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll have them come right over, get all their information. 
I'm not kidding you. We beat her home. Yeah. <laughs> Me and the other guy jump in the truck. <laughs> We're so excited. We beat her home. And then, then I had to tell her, I was like, ma'am, you're, you're our first client. Can I, can I get a dollar just because I want to yeah. save that first dollar? Yeah. But we, we pulled it off. You know, we, we, we pulled it off that way. And um, yeah, we're able to celebrate. That, that'd that be a win. Celebrate yeah, the win, even course. though we don't have anything. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it's, I'll bet you it's in a low, low percentage of, of companies, unless you plan it out and like, you, you know, you start day one and you've already got your book of business lined sure. up or whatever. But for a company to start day one, and get a customer on day one. I'll bet you that's more, way more rare than 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 we would want to hear about. That was a win in my book. Yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely that's a win. That's a huge yeah. win. Uh, so, how long were you? How long were you in the truck? Is this like? Are you still in the truck? Oh, I'd love to go on the truck. I'm like a, a caged bird when I'm in the office. I just want to spread my wings and fly. You know. Yeah. Uh, but I have to. I had to pull back. You know, it took all the way up to I don't know 12, 13 months because I didn't know the business. Again, I was a rent to own guy. Right. And in order for me to train, um, you know, my hunks, I got I got to know the ins and outs. I thought, right. and quite frankly, the you know the franchise they they frowned upon it. They're like, no, you're really, yeah. Well, you to a certain point, you know, they they their philosophy was, I'd rather have you work on the business, not in the business. Right. But if it, in order for me to train the guys, know the logistics, know how long it takes to load a truck, and all these things, yeah, I wanted to practice what I preached. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100. percent And and listen, I'm a I'm a firm believer that you know when once you progress, you need to be working on your business, not in your business. And, and again, I, I hate cliche things like that, but sure. I do believe that. I do believe that that philosophy. Um, but I also understand uh, that you, you can't train somebody to do something you've never done. Mm-mm. You just can't. You can have because you'll have wild expectations, either too low or too high. And then when they either either they blow your expectations out of the water because they were too low, then you, you're humbled and you look embarrassed because you didn't know what, you, what you're talking about. What to expect, yeah. Or they don't hit these make believe expectations yet because you've never actually done the job. And now you're constantly you're just going to turn through people because they're like, Forget don't show guy. me how to do it faster. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not gonna go out there and show you how to do it faster. But you should. You need to do it faster. You know. Yeah. Um. I. You know. And this happens in sales. People, um. Many business owners want to hire a salesperson, and my first question is always, "Well, what's your sales experience?" Well, I've never actually done sales. <laughs> well, <laughs> then you're the worst person ever to manage a salesperson. <laughs> you can't manage a position that you at least don't have a, a reasonable understanding how to do the job. And I, you know, I'm not saying that you that that 100 across the board. You have to be able to do all your employees' jobs. No. But you have to have a baseline understanding what at least what the expectations are. The guidelines. Yeah. So to answer your question, all the way up to a year. So 18 months, I finally was able to pull away a little bit. And what I realized is that I need to start, you know, have, putting some systems in place because I'm missing opportunities. I can't be on the truck with a client, answering the phone, you know, all those kind of things. So uh, it's been a, a turning point for us over the last uh, six months. And then, you know, bringing, um, bringing a little bit more office structure in there as well. So it's been right. kind of that turning point here in the last yeah. six months for us. What, what are some of the uh, expenses that you've, you've, been exposed to as a business owner that you weren't you didn't see coming there's expenses a <laughs> <laughs> couple of them yeah Jeez, yes uh yeah you know of course um investment you know there's uh having the employees you know that's a big expense and watching training and all that kind of stuff but you can manage that some of the things you don't realize that has been part of your salary for 19 years uh, is medical insurance right. and you know a family of five it's not cheap for medical insurance yeah you know so that was kind of a pinch point because you know of course you know, not making as much as you did in your previous career, you know, having this cush job and then going to, op- you know, open your own business, you got, or running your business, you got to cut back on things. So you can't have both worlds. So medical insurance is probably one of the, the biggest yeah. pinch points for us. And, and then trying to give, work out a system to get the guys to be able to have medical and the guys and gals to have medical insurance as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's, it's only going to get worse. I mean, every, every year, I think, I think two years ago, we only had a 4% increase, which was like a miracle. 
Sure. Uh, it's you know it'll probably be double digits again you know this next year and things like that. Um, that is something that uh, folks just kind of take for granted and sure. and uh, don't understand that it's for a small business. It's a it's a massive uh, investment. It's a it, you know and it's almost uh, um, you're, you 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 can't afford not to do it. You can't afford to do it. It's, sure. it's just one of those things that you're just you're you're just you just have to get through that period of time as fast as you can Bro. to where to grow to where yep. you can afford it. That that's you know that's all you can really do. And you know other kinds of insurance. You've got big trucks you're you're rolling around in. So oh, yeah. um, vehicle insurance I'm sure is a is a big thing. Um, how do you how do you guys handle your your truck safety training? Well, you know, so again, training, love to train, you know, training safety is never fun, you know, know, to have to train safety is never fun thing to do, but uh, we do weekly, monthly, you know, meetings on the spot kind of thing. We do truck inspections, you know, make sure we're checking the equipment. You know, the nice thing is that our trucks are fairly new, so we're buying new trucks, Right. but we're coming up on that point where the trucks aren't running the same. Yeah. You know, make sure the blinkers and the brakes and the horns and all those things are working, all the gadgets. Um, So uh, trying to bring it to the attention to the, um, the front right away. And getting it addressed, uh, and then doing monthly monthly training uh, right. meetings. Yeah, yeah. For us, uh, vehicle insurance was, um, you know, we went through a spell a couple years ago where you know, text people were just texting and driving all the time. Yeah, and uh, we just we got creamed a couple years ago on uh, on on rates, and it's, just, it's one of those things that you, you you can train it and train it and train it, but when they're out there in the truck by themselves, they're gonna do what they're gonna do, and, and it's you know, instilling the whys and all that kind of stuff, and that that's so critical. We actually just implemented uh, about six months ago. So when I was starting to get off the truck a little bit more, um, I, a Samsora. So it's a GPS kind of system. So what that does is tracks, um, you know, mileage. It tracks, you know, turning the car on and off, the distance. Yeah. Literally, I could do a, a, a bird's eye view almost of where, you know, where they're at. And it's not to micromanage them, uh, but it's more or less where I don't have to call them right. to know where they're at. And yeah. so, you know, picking up the phone, you know, which I would have done back, you know, s- six months ago. Now I could just see the arrow coming. Hey, they're coming close to me. Or why is this arrow way out here? You know, get back, get back over this way a little bit. So you can, it's a managing tool. And then it helps a little bit on the, the insurance as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned when you first bought your franchise, there, were, there was only one other franchising area in Seattle. And uh, now there's four. And uh, looking back, you wish you would have... You wish you would have bought a bigger territory. I wanted to conquer the world, man. I wanted yeah. to conquer, you know, Washington. And, you know, it's one of those things. It's it's a double-edged sword. Um, so it was me and, you know, Seattle or us in Seattle. And uh, Seattle was only six months prior new to that, you know. And, and then the next thing you know, they started sprouting, you know, sprouting up everywhere. And right. there's a lot of opportunities. So, you know, it is one of those things where, you know, the woulda, shoulda, coulda. But yeah. it's now focusing on, you know, going deeper in my you know, in the market, kind right. of being the mayor of our town, sure. you know, owning that a little bit more. So it's one of those things. Yeah, I wish I could have done it. But the resources, the money, you know, yeah. all these things that come in place where if I had to have another 30 guys, it might not even been possible. Right. But it's one of those pinch points. Like, ah, I wish I could have. Well, and, and for I think this is something that that many, many businesses go through from inception all you know 20 30 years later is knowing when to invest and how big to invest mm. um it's just you know when you start out you you could have bought four franchises for you know whatever half a million dollars whatever, sure. whatever the number was or you could, could have bought one for 100 100 grand mm. let's say um when you're when you're completely jumping into a completely different territory it's super hard to have the confidence that yeah we're going to nail this <laughs> and we're going to invest all this money and we're going to go into debt and we're going to do all this stuff and then how do you manage it? I mean, how do you, how do you manage an animal that big when you, if you do it? Um, so I think most of us tend to 
um, pick the middle choice. You know, whenever there's three good, better, best, you're always going to pick better, sure. right? Yeah. Um, I think generally that's kind of how we operate, and then later on we always regret it. But you never know if you would if you would have went whole hog, you could have just spread too thin, and it could have the whole thing could have been polluted. So we're on all on different paths. Right. Everything happens for a yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah, and, and so I, you know, I, even though you're 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 wondering, oh, well, should I have done it bigger? I, I think that you made the right choice, and and you can always expand. You can always expand. You can't always retract. Sure. <laughs> that's, a, yeah. that's a much different different task than expanding. Yeah, you don't want to hit the reset button. Right. So uh, what 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 keeps you motivated? I mean, you're obviously an upbeat guy. You're 19 years in sales and cracking the whip on sales, guys. You're, you're, you know, you kind of got that drive. But what what what's the why? What's your what's your why? What, what what keeps you motivated? What keeps you wanting to be engaged every day? What 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 do you think you could could share with people listening that that uh, would help them? Get through those days where oh crap, it's been a forty weekend and it's not it's Monday and I gotta go back to work and the grind. Yeah, it's kinda of <laughs> the grind. I mean, even yeah. when you're the business owner, it's the grind still sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh, to me, of course, money makes the world go round. That's what motivates us, put foods on the table, but it's it's the little wins we were kinda talking about. Right. You know, trying to be the best that we can today. Right. Uh, that drives me a lot every single day. And really what we were talking about, that time balance, and you kinda nailed it right on the head, uh, Brian, is I'm trying to buy back time. In the future. Right. So I'm trying to plant that seed now that, you know, we bought the, you know, we bought into this franchise and I can't expect it to be a full on tree today. Right. But what I see is a forest here sure. in like the three, three to five year plan Yeah. where I, I want to buy back that time that you're talking about. So that that's my motivation right now yeah. is to get to that point Good. and not look back and not regret and, and would have, would have, should have, could have, that's not the case. I'm going to do it you right. know, at this mindset. So it's that wins, win uh, mindset. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and are you like a big metrics guy? Like you measure everything and, and post numbers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's where my brother-in-law helps me out. Yeah. He keeps me on track there. I'm, I, you know, I'll chase that carrot all day long. It's just see where we're balancing right. all, all the way out. Right. Uh, well, hey, for those, thanks a lot for coming in. For those of you listening, uh, again, you can reach Brandon at 253-370-6111 or brandon.christian at chhj.com. Any parting words of wisdom for us, Brandon, before you take off? Ryan, I appreciate you having us. Um, you know, there's there's really no job or too big or too small. Hunks could do it all. Just give us a call. Awesome. Uh, thanks a lot for coming in. Uh, next week, we're going to have Paul Long, our, one of our favorite guests on. Um, you know, Paul has a ton of, of experience with all kinds of different businesses he works with. So he's going to come in next week. And uh, thanks again to Brandon Christian for coming in this week. And I'll talk to you all next week.